You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Finding, keeping, and growing the right millennials. Hi, Dale Dixon here. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Welcome. And Jason Jennings is on the line with us today. So good to hear your voice. Uh, it's great to be back with you. You know, so many of the top business leaders tell you, you, we've had this conversation, that one of their biggest concerns is finding, keeping, and growing the right young people. And they're complaining that these young people are a different breed, and they're also a bit of a challenge to manage. So you have some unique insights on attracting, keeping, and growing those born between the 1980s and the early 2000s, and you just, something happened to you in Chicago recently that will help enter us into this opportunity to learn more about keeping and growing the right millennials. Tell us about that. All right. Uh, You know, Chicago, uh, I think, is one of the two great hotel cities in America, Chicago and New York. And uh, I've stated all the great properties, the Park Hyatt, the Waldorf Astoria, the Four Seasons, the Peninsula. I love them all. It's a great hotel city. And so I'm not going to identify the hotel or or call out the specific name of the guy. I guess I'll call him Adam. Uh, But last week, uh, I was in Chicago, uh, all set to address the Construction Industry Roundtable, the CEOs of the 100 largest engineering and construction companies in the nation. I I was just uh, humbled to get this assignment. And uh, I was not staying at the hotel where they were going to be. That was the Park Hyatt. I was staying at another, you would call, luxury hotel in Chicago. Now, this hotel has a fleet of Lexus automobiles. And uh, if one of the Lexuses are available, they've got a group of drivers who will drive you around the loop or drive you down to Michigan Avenue or or drive you to your business, wherever it might happen to be. And so I'd, I'd never been able to avail myself of the service. So as I walked out of the hotel that morning, uh, I said, uh, are one of the cars possibly available? And they said, yes. Where are you going? And I said, I'm going to the Park Hyatt. And they said, we'll have a Lexus here in a moment. Well, a minute later, a Lexus comes up, and I'm, I'm loading my bag or, uh, in, into the trunk of the car. And then about to get in the car, and I shake the hand of the driver. He's a young guy. He's uh, 22 and a half years old. And I, I detect a, a very slight little accent, but, but just perfect English, stellar English, but just a slight accent. So as we get in the car, I said, uh, so Adam, tell me your story. Where, where are you from originally? And he said, well, I'm, my, myself and my family are from Albania. And I said, well, how long have you been here? He said, well, we immigrated to America when I was 10 years old. And uh, I said, well, what's your story? He said, well, I just finished a year ago at Northwestern. And I said, wow, that's a pretty prestigious university. What were you studying? And he said, I was studying business. And I said, well, how did you do? And he said, well, I was top of my class. Well, that begs a question, uh, Adam, because if you graduate a year ago from Northwestern, top of your class in business, and the economy is pretty good, why are you driving a Lexus for a hotel? And he said, well, he said, why am I doing this? He said, it's very simple. He said, I've had, uh, I've been interviewed by 12 companies. He said, I've had nine offers and uh, I just turned them all down because they weren't the right thing. That was like a slap in my face because of the age that I grew up in, I mean, you, you hope to get one offer, much less nine offers, and certainly out of nine offers, you would have grabbed at something. And I said, okay, help me, help me understand. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a 25 or 27-year difference in our ages, but please, uh, I'm sorry, 30-year difference in our ages, but please help me understand. He said, well, 
I mean, it's, it's, it's really two things. He said, the nine companies that I got offers from, I knew what was going to happen. I would go to work for them, and I would be there 5, 10, 15 years before anybody in senior leadership would even know my name. He said, I, I'm going to accomplish, I'm going to get the job done, but I'm not willing to labor 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, before I'm on somebody's radar. He said, that's number one. And he said, number two, he said, none of them were doing anything particularly exciting that would make the world a better place. And I said, so you're prepared to hold out? And he said, yes, I want to join a company where my talents are going to be recognized quickly, where based on my accomplishments, I'm going to be able to earn a leadership role, and I want to be with a company that is doing something good and of value. And all of a sudden, with his statement, a lot of things uh, fell into place for me. Uh, because in all of these thousand interviews I do every year with CEOs and business owners, I mean, they all want to grow. They all want to remain relevant. But almost invariably, they talk about, you know, we need to find, keep, and grow the right people, particularly young people. But, but they're speaking a different language, and, and they're in a very different place. And then I thought of something else. After every speech I do, Dale, uh, I'm always surrounded by people uh, up, up at the stage. And I'd never really thought about it before. And all of a sudden, I mean, all of the crowds and all the speeches just kind of flashed through my mind. And you know who's standing around me around the stage? Young it's, people? It's, it, it's young people and women. Women really get it and are grateful for help in achieving their full potential. But young people get that is things we've discovered from great companies and great leaders for our books. And I mean, they, na they naturally want to gravitate toward finding that kind of a company. And so there's no question that you have to, I, I, I don't believe there's any magic button that you can push and all of a sudden become attracted to millennials. And the millennials are not going to change. In fact, as Adam said, he said, if I never find a job, that's fine. I'll start my own company. Another aha one-off. I mean, why so many millennials are not finding a home in companies and going off and doing their own things. So what does it take then? So the question is, what does it take to attract millennials? I don't think it's the millennials that have to change. They're not going to change. I think it's the baby boomers. I think it's the older people who captain industry, who captain business, who are the ones who are, are going to have to change if they have any hope of finding, keeping, and growing the right millennials. And I think his story lays it in people's laps as to what they have to do. So if we go back and we deconstruct this and we think yep. about the idea that we've got a, an executive who is uh, 50s, 60s, they've, yep. they've been through it, yep. and they think back to when they were that age and they just were happy to get a job and right. would have taken the like first I job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yep. Uh, yep. But they're not putting themselves in the mind frame of and the mindset of the millennial who is – not wanting to wait 15 or 20 years to be recognized by somebody at that level. They want to be inside of a company that is making a difference. And in making a difference, it's there's there's some level of excitement and there's innovation and all of those things. And so it's but just the, but, an opportunity but, to communicate and know the audience. Yeah, and, and, and there is one other thing uh, that millennials are, are not going to waste their time on. You know uh, – most captains of industry, most CEOs, uh, not all, uh, but I, I believe the majority, 
get dragged into stuff. I mean, kicking and screaming because it would be more comfortable to keep things the way they are. But if you want to find out what somebody earns today, I mean, you can Google it, and within five minutes, you can figure out what anybody in business is making. And so when they see that a CEO of a company is making four or five million dollars a year, plus several million dollars of stock awards, and they're being asked to work for sixty or seventy thousand dollars and no incentive bonus and no opportunity to share in the wealth, that's the other thing that keeps them from wanting to play. So there's a level of transparency that needs to take place. So as you as you think back through all of those interviews you've done and the number of companies you've researched, have you in after having the conversation with Adam, is there any company that stands out and you can say to yourself, oh, they had the secret sauce. I didn't necessarily know it when I saw it, but they've got the secret sauce. They're attracting those millennials. and, and Or oh. to some of your research, oh, uh, yeah. bring to bear that. I mean, most definitely. Uh, Aero Electronics, based in Denver, uh, where Mike Long ha- has taken this company and turned it into a $25 billion giant, employing twenty five to 30,000 people uh, and operations all around the world. W- w- when you get up in front of his group, I mean, you will actually get goosebumps. I mean, it is peopled with young people. Uh, earlier this year, I was in Calgary, Alberta, uh, for um, uh, a Canadian energy company called Synovus. And as I walked out on stage, I mean, it's enough to give you goosebumps again. I was looking at an audience for their innovation conference of 2,000, 2,500 people. I would take a guess and tell you the average age was 27 or 28. And But again, it's intentional on the part of the leader. So there are a lot of companies out there who understand you have to operate with transparency. That's number one. You have to be prepared to share the wealth. And you have to be prepared to promote people more quickly, not based on tenure, but based on their accomplishments. So I think it's interesting because earlier you said that you have young people and and females waiting to talk to you afterwards. But so often when I hear people talk about millennials, it almost sounds like an us versus them type of conversation. And really, it needs to be all us. You can't approach this from an I'm older, so I, you know, I don't, I don't get you. That's not going to work. Going back to the transparency idea. <laughs> no, it reminds you, me. Uh, you, Jason it, it, James, can talk to him. Yeah, well, it reminds me of, uh, yeah, because there's transparency and there's truth and there's authenticity and we're talking about goodness and we're tra- talking about making the world a better place and we're talking about being fair to people. I mean, it's all the things that everybody uh, wants to hear. Uh, one of the reasons I stopped listening. I used to be a great fan of talk radio and uh, no longer. Um, It's all right wing or left wing. There's no discourse. There's no conversation in the middle. But one of the things that used to drive me off the wall is it seemed that every time an old person would call into a talk radio show, they'd say, I'm 83 years old and I want to go, well, shut up. I mean, simply because you're 83 years old, that doesn't give you a reason to say, I'm 65 years old and I've been around a long time. Okay, Grandpa, I mean, jump in a box. I mean, I don't know. So I've got to tell you something. It's not the millennials that are going to have to change. I mean, it is the boomers, those I would say 45 to 60 who still want to play and still want to be relevant, I mean, who are going to have to change. The times, they are changing. 
<laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's it's really the same though. I mean, every generation goes through this. It's just uh, it's unique for us in this time period. We have uh, with with technology and all that's going on, and the level of opportunity for transparency. I think never before have we been so connected, and it's so easy to find information. and And those are some of the reasons why it requires a game changing approach for the CEO. It does. And so because you've trained me very well, I mean, to bring it all home, number one, millennials want to be part of doing something good, something with meaning, something that makes everything better. You've got to take what you do in your company and cast it in that light. We've talked in the past about turning what you do, wrapping it in a, in a big, noble purpose. Number two, there has to be an element of transparency. You can't hide stuff. Uh, you know, in the old days, people in business would say, now, we don't want to let the people know if we're doing good, because if they think we're doing good, they're probably going to want to raise. Well, yes, that's dinosaur thinking, because if you're doing well, they probably deserve a raise. So there's got to be transparency, and then there's got to be recognition. And frankly, it's something that most baby boomers aren't really good at, because they didn't get a lot of recognition. Most of them had to wait a long time to get recognition. And so it is not in their nature to just naturally be effusive in praise and recognition of other people. But if you're going to crack the code on finding, keeping, and growing the right millennial, those are a few of the things, a starting point of what you're going to have to do. Transparency, share the wealth, and promotion. Those are easy things to remember for us. Jason Jennings, thank you so much. We're out of time, but we have to remind folks uh, that we're having thousands and thousands of downloads of this podcast every week through the website. However, it's uh, we're, we're asking people to go into their iTunes, find the podcast, and give us a ranking, a rating, and also write a review. The more of that that happens, the higher it is pushed up in the iTunes business library for podcasts. The more it's pushed up, the more others are able to see it and have an opportunity to hear this fantastic information that Jason brings to us each and every week. So please and, go in and, and give us the review and the rating. And Dale, can I say one final word please. on that? I, I would ask everybody uh, to pick your favorite podcast. I, lo- I love getting the emails I get. Uh, pick your favorite podcast and then forward it to a few of your friends. I mean, it's right there on the website, right on the left-hand side of the pane, and just forward it to a few websites who would find it helpful. Let's grow the community because we're truly trying to make everything better for everyone. And speaking of the emails, it is questions at jason-jennings.com. Questions at jason-jennings.com. And we will talk to you next week. Jason, until next week. We'll see you then. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.